Jeff, welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the world and to the audience? Uh, Jeff Booth, entrepreneur, uh, GP of Ego Death, and author of uh, The Price of Tomorrow. Thank you, Jeff, for that introduction. Um, Jeff, you know, the first thing I usually ask people when they come on the show is, you know, where do they source their Bitcoin knowledge? So, you know, whether it's books, courses, or even people in the ecosystem that might have helped you to become a better Bitcoin or even orange pilled you in your early beginnings. So could you kind of give us a quick story on that? Um, sure. Uh, I, I probably, mo I, and, and, and I'm, and I hate to say this cause I, cause I might miss people as I, as I, as I do this. Uh, but so I'm obviously, I obviously read a bunch on Bitcoin, but I can't remember specifically who it was such a diver diverse group. GG stands out as, as one of the, one of the people he's become a friend since. Um, but, but probably more getting into Bitcoin was, well, uh, at least really seriously was an investigation through writing my book um, and, and, and realizing that the existing system couldn't solve the problem we were in. Um, it would only make the problem worse. And, uh, and so I was looking for an alternative system, something that could, uh, could solve that. I'd heard, I'd heard of Bitcoin before, but in, in, my, I was just too busy to pay it much attention. Um, I, I bought it for for the first time in 2017, but but didn't didn't buy a lot. And then in writing my book, really started to understand. And then and then probably even after the book, um, did very deep dives on on it to understand it at a, at a at a first principles level on why it was the only solution. And I came from the traditional legacy system. I was working at J.P. Morgan Chase at the time. And, you know, getting orange pill was a weird thing back then because it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. You know, and it's kind of a real journey, a learning journey where, um, you know, Sailor always talks about having those hundred hours of study before you really understand this asset. And I'm a firm believer of that. And I think that your book, The Price of Tomorrow, has helped uh, so many people, you know, understand economics, understand the inflation rate. And even for myself, like, I think that uh, when, when I interview people, I always ask them, which is the first question, like, what books, where did you source your knowledge? Like, what inspired you to become a Bitcoiner? And The Price of Tomorrow is like always something that people always recommend. So I thank you, Jeff, for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, Jeff, I really want to get into, you like, know, you're doing so many different things in the space, but you have this new, your new baby, your new venture that you're working on, which is called Eagle Death Capital. And I think it really connects with the Bitcoin ethos. So why did you create the, this venture fund? And, you know, what is it doing to continue to unify the mission of Bitcoin? Yeah. And, 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 and I think for first thing, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people think I came up with the name, um, and I didn't, uh, Nico and Andy, uh, my partners in the fund came up with the name and it just, uh, it, uh, I thought it just described what, what we wanted to do and what, and what Bitcoin stands for essentially that Bitcoin is, is bigger than all of us and it's not anybody to control. And, um, and, what I saw in so a couple things kind of led me to that to that point. Um, n uh, number one, um, I was looking for a way to spend more of my time in this ecosystem because because I felt um, it, my time's my most valuable thing, and it would be easy to talk all day long about this ecosystem and maybe help other help others. But the only the way I f figured I could have bring more value. I spend way more of my time and energy uh, 
in building the the world I wanted to see for my kids. So, so that would be one of the kind of reasons I'd be open as open to it. Um, and then, uh, and, and then secondly, for a long time, Bitcoin was just the asset, right? And so lots of education, hard education, people, okay, here's, here's how to hold it. Here's how to self custody and everything else. And it was a hard thing to understand and it's still a hard thing. So education was primary, as you said, takes people a long time to unwire their world from what, what it's in today to wire it, how it could look into a new system. And we're not used to trusting ourselves. We're used to trusting institutions. We're used to trusting banks. So, so if an alternative exists to trust yourself, um, with self custody versus trusting a bank or an, or, or an exchange, most of the population thinks the institution is safe, it's regulated, and and, uh, and so they'll trust somebody else. So it's a really big deal kind of trusting yourself at, the, at Bitcoin. But then you can also see as a result of that, that's all it did. It provided a store of value, um, and there was nothing to build on top of it because because of the security and, uh, security and decentralization components of Bitcoin. It did that extraordinarily well. But people couldn't see at that point that it was turning into essentially the base layer of the new internet. And that as lightning came out and, and, and layer twos and threes came out, there would be an explosion of, of value created on top of that new layer. Um, and, and that value creation on top of that new layer would create an abstraction. So people didn't have to understand the plumbing. As, as much they could get value, gain value through the the use of the second layer and third layer, um, and and the and the hard to understand on Bitcoin would just move into the background over time, and so that was emerging through and and, and so I thought the timing was perfect to be able to create uh, a venture fund in this space to be able to to really help entrepreneurs. Um, I, and I remember part of this is I've made so many mistakes in my life and being an entrepreneur and, and, and I have pattern recognition for the mistakes I made <laughs> and, and, and helped a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get through that. So I thought I could apply a bunch of that same pattern recognition off of that and save a bunch of other entrepreneurs in this ecosystem, uh, themselves from hitting some of those same walls, um, and, and accelerate their progress as a byproduct. And, and it's been, it's been remarkable. Uh, it's been, it just, I cannot believe I get to do what I get to do with what you just about any Bitcoiner you meet that they're, they're aligned as, at least in values of integrity, truth, and, uh, and, and so on. And then now you take that alignment generally around where the world's going and why they want to get to get there. And then, and then a whole bunch of ideas popping up about how they can solve problems on, uh, on a, on, on a base layer based on that. It, it, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I cannot believe I get to do what I get to do. Yes. And you know, I've traversed the website. I've kind of like was taking a look at it and I just love the, the ethos, the model, the honesty, the transparency of just, you know, Bitcoin is the answer and we're here to help. We're here to actually foster this digital asset. So it becomes ubiquitous for everybody in the space. And if you're ambitious, you're hungry, you're driven as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as a CEO, um, we're here to actually help that dream come to fruition. So I just think that, you know, ego death capital is, um, something that's going to build 
build on top of other things and make other people be more inspired to, um, you know, stick their neck out there and try to build Bitcoin to create a better world. And, w- and w- what it really is, is it's not us. We're just a, we're a vehicle to help the entrepreneurs building onto the system. But it's those entrepreneurs that are, that are, that is those people creating products to be, and they won't all be successful. We'll miss some, we'll, but, but it's all, it's all of those entrepreneurs building on top of Bitcoin who've chosen to build on a, a, an incorruptible base layer to be able to bring value to society who've chosen that path that, uh, that are the real heroes of the journey. Yes. And, you know, there's something that you um, you say quite often in your, you know, if you're on Twitter spaces or in other interviews. And it was something that I kind of wanted you to expound on, Jeff, which was um, just talking about the concept of money. And, you know, do you believe that money is just information and how has fiat money skewed that message? Yeah, and that's I, I wrote that in a, in a piece called Finding Signal in a Noisy World. It's had just tons of views and tons of commentary and 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 what's what's interesting what i love about kind of pieces like that including my book is it gets then then that idea gets packaged in a whole bunch of other people and people just talk start talking about it and explodes and it's hard to ignore it but yeah i just I, i i the um money is just information it describes what we really want and so and 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 so so if and when I say describes what we really want, we want more love. We want more time with our family. We want more. A lot of people, if it's money that they want, if that's what they want, typically the reason why they want more money is 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 because it says they're better than somebody else, right? If they, if it's just money, it's about it's about it's about power. Most times, money is for safety, for so to to be able to. It could be for I could leave a legacy for my kids because they don't have to work so uh, 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 as hard. It could be a whole bunch of different things, but again, it describes the feeling we're actually really after. So then, if if you had manipulation and money, which we clearly do, the entire the world is just essentially built on manipulation of money or misinformation and money. Then it would be logical if you automated that misinformation with technology to have misinformation everywhere in the world and and you could argue that even myself is caught up in some of that misinformation i, I and i try to pull you know, kind of all these filter bubbles you could do um and bitcoin is the only thing that's true inside that world of misinformation because it's a ledger based on truth um and 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 so it's interesting to to watch the world kind of and divide and divide and divide and everybody think that they're right inside a system that is based on misinformation and so so the mirror reflection of the world we live in would because of the misinformation and money would describe exactly where we are in this in this process and what most people would think about that and and that would also make it hard for them to understand bitcoin too because it would be one more thing to should I trust it? Where is, what am I hearing from everyone else? So it'd be one more thing that might prevent them to, from going down the exploration or curiosity to see if what we're talking about is true. Yeah. And you know, the incentives are all skewed as well. And 
you know, just for myself, like getting into Bitcoin, I consider myself like a student of Bitcoin. Um, you know, a lot of people think that they're fancy or they know a lot about Bitcoin if they've been in it for a few years. And, you know, I came from a writer's background. I wrote for Bitcoin Mag and I do a lot of content writing, um, circulating around the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I always use it as a fulcrum to learn as much as I can. And I kind of like added a layer on top of it by doing the podcast route because I get to, you know, speak to thought leaders in the space that are, you know, way more intelligent than me on Bitcoin. And it just helps to kind of foster this open source um, knowledge paradigm. And I just think that, you know, like Jeff, what you're doing in the space in particular um, is kind of building a layer on top of, you know, inspiration for writers, right? Like you've written a book and, you know, I've always inspired to, you know, write a book that, you know, hundreds of millions of people will possibly have their hands on. And I always think about like the gold bugs, right? So I was a gold bug at one point. I worked in the banking industry and I thought for a long time that, you know, gold was the de facto store of value. It's been around for thousands of years. And, you know, the only attribute that a lot of gold bugs have is that they have this established history. Um, do you feel that the Lindy effect is already at work for Bitcoin adoption? I do. It's just early in that, uh, in that, like, and, and again, I have nothing against, so if, so some people have just a hate on for gold bugs. Uh, what I would say is at least gold bugs believe in sound money. Right. And, and so, so I don't have a hate on for gold, but we have a different view of what we think uh, will work. And my view has nothing to do with how much money I would make in Bitcoin. And so a lot of people get biased. They just get so ingrained and they become the, the, the thing they fight for just because they want it to be true. Um, and, and, and so I don't, I, I, I'm abstracted away. I want it to be true because it's the best thing. I believe it's the best thing for all of humanity. I believe we're in a phase transition where humanity with artificial intelligence, with everything else in technology, prices should be falling radically fast everywhere in the world. But, but we live in a world where their prices are designed to go up just based on manipulation. And unless you can take money outside of the control of us and you can't with gold, it keeps on failing throughout history because it's it, because it's become centralized. Unless you can take the uh, uh, control outside of, of our our human nature, um, then uh, so so it's for all of us instead of for a, a small number of us. Then then money will fail again. And so Bitcoin Bitcoin is the first time in history that we've ever had something like Bitcoin that actually stands a chance, not a stands a chance. I, I would say in all probability, I would go as strong to say will change, change the world. Um, and there's nothing that the existing system can do to stop it. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and, and so it'll bypass gold. It'll bypass everything else because it inherently, gets stronger and so the more you attack it the stronger it gets the more secure it gets the more decentralized it gets and as that starts to the game theory that 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 creates it moves the shelling point from from global competition to global co cooperation and uh in, in game theory and that's a huge deal it's so it's such a big deal that it's hard to describe and, and, and just even on a podcast or everything else it changes every everything but there isn't been nothing if all of our history is designed around inferior forms of money that could be always always be corrupted 
then all of our history is full of an error code. And because if you add this, uh, what I'm about to say, if you add that the winners write history books, right? And the winners could corrupt money typically, then all of our history, what we think happened versus what might've happened is full of an error code, right? Or maybe full of an error code. And so we look through all of these reasons why these things couldn't work, right? And we build a new model of, oh no, it can't work on, on hard money because of X, Y, Z, <laughs> um, without an understanding of the new technology and what that cha uh, that changes. So the future is really bright on that new technology. It, cha it literally changes everything. But I, I do completely understand for people who haven't done the work, how hard that statement is to actually uh, to believe. Yeah, and it makes me think about um, an interview that I had with Canute, who's one of my favorite Bitcoiners in the ecosystem. <laughs> Love the guy. And and he talked about, um, you know, you create the bear market as a Bitcoiner, right? Because I was talking about the bear market, the bull market, and he's like, there is no bear market if you really understand and truly believe in Bitcoin. And it made me think, I was like, Canute, could you expound on that? Like, you know, explain what you mean by that, because I'm sure... I, I get it because I'm orange pilled, but a lot of people might just think he's talking crazy. And when you look at the Fed, you know, they continue to taper the interest rate, you know, due to inflation. And they recently raised the rate. I forgot what the percentage would, but it was like the highest level since 2008. And, you know, what are some of the properties that make Bitcoin so beneficial for combating inflation that the Fed continues to ignore? Yeah, and let's just level set at a higher level because what ends up happening is people get caught into to, uh, a local maximum. And that local maximum might be in a country and a certain monetary regime in a, a country after inflation rate is wiped out Lebanon and local, it's always going to be like this. And then it, it keeps on changing and moving around the world. But let's just level set at the highest level. There's approximately $400 trillion of debt in the world. 400 trillion. If you paid back a uh, trillion dollars at $1 a second, um, it would take you 32,000 years, approximately 32,000 years to pay back a trillion dollars. There's 400 trillion. So it's the debt is unrepayable. It's already insolvent. We just pretend it's repayable by allowing people to manipulate money, interest rates up and down, not just interest rates up and down, but make up more units of money to drive inflation when when prices should be coming down and technology is a, that force is a human led force driving all wars all concentration of wealth all power from manipulation that is one that's one force and technology is the opposite force that will not be stopped and it's supposed to be bringing prices down of everything not houses should be falling Every, all things should be falling because technology is embedded everywhere. It's embedded in our supply chains. It's embedded, embedded in energy. It's, and it's moving faster and faster and faster. So prices should be falling everywhere, but they can't because if they did, that system would spectacularly collapse. And it would look like Russia in 91 where you went for your, you went to school for your job and everything else. You said, okay, here's my employee. And then it's just chaos in the street and I have nothing. I can't feed it. the entire world system would collapse into anarchy in that system. If you let that. So, so we 
and actually we're inside that system. Like if you asked, if you asked uh, your friends to say, would they vote for a politician that said they're going to get paid less next year, but their real income would move up because prices would fall, fall faster. Would any of your friends vote for that politician or would that politician look insane? Right. They'd be laughed out of the room. They'd get one vote in it. <laughs> um, um, and, and so it's not the politicians, it is the politicians too, but it's us, it's our human nature, believing we can get something for nothing. So we just listen to the person who says they're going to give us the most money. And some people say, I'm going to give uh, uh, on the Democrats, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to be socialist, I'm going to give you more money. And some people say, I'm going to give you more money. It all comes from manipulation. And that's true all around the world. It's exactly the same thing because the debt is unrepayable. So, and we wouldn't vote to change that system. So if we wouldn't vote for to change that system, a new parallel system has to be developed or it is being developed that, that people are voting for with making it stronger, building it, build more, more time. And what Knut's really saying, and, and he says essentially everything divided by 21 is his, uh, is his ta ta uh, tagline. And that's, it's true. I, I tend to look at it the other way. I tend to look at it as all prices of everything forever will fall against Bitcoin. And so it's, 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 but it's the same thing. It's that understanding that if technology is deflationary and prices should fall, then the only way you would be able to see them falling is if you had a, a monetary system with a fixed amount of units that would describe the falling prices that couldn't be manipulated. And that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I agree with that 100%. And, you know, Bitcoin is kind well, of... I think that people all have, you know, mixed reviews or mixed ideas about what Bitcoin is. And I'm a firm believer that uh, Bitcoin is not the tip of the spear, it's the shield. And I think that it protects, you know, people that are, you know, standing on truth, standing on honesty. And when you look at people like Jason Lowry, he thinks that, you know, Bitcoin could be weaponized or it's a, a form of national security that we should pay attention to. And in some senses, I agree. But in other senses, I always wanted to hear your thoughts, Jeff, on, you know, like, what is the future going to look like? And when I say the future, we don't know because we don't have a crystal ball. But I mean, like, you know, by the next halving or within the next few years, like you're talking about artificial intelligence, you're talking about jobs being replaced, the monetary systems just faltering and falling all over the world. Like, what do you think Bitcoin is really going to do to actually start to make life-changing decisions for in particular people in first world countries like Americans that are still kind of ignoring Bitcoin. But I think as time keeps to continue to go on, that like we're going to start to really see the impacts of this massive overprinting. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, what do you think Bitcoin's going to be in like a year or two? If you think you've seen the, the impacts of the overprinting, look at the look at what's happening in africa or 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 south america or central america or or lebanon never um so those people and people in in regions are, are are the are the negative byproduct of the us's system that requires extracting low cost labor from the rest of the world with a monetary regime that keeps those people forever poor Go IMF. If you talk, Alex Gladstein did it. Does some really great, great work on this. Goes in, gives a loan in U.S. dollars, revalues the currency essentially because it, it, inflation is wage deflation. It's the same 
same thing. So everybody gets paid less. The U.S. corporations go in and mine, strip mine some of those countries and steal from the population because of people and, and, and force them to bring in food on a U.S. A US system forever. And how would they ever pay back those U.S. dollars denominated in, in that? It's literally impossible because the debt has to keep getting paid. So you're putting people all over the world in, in literally slavery to protect a system. Uh, and, and so so when you say people in the U.S., this is going to be the we greatest wealth transfer from from the West to the global South, um, that, it, that every single person on the planet has a choice to be able to protect themselves in this wealth transfer or to gain part of that wealth transfer by, 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 by buying Bitcoin and, and, and being able to hold it or save in Bitcoin, create value in Bitcoin. Um, but if you're close to the monetary, if you're if you're close to the monetary monopoly, um, you're less likely to see it. You're um, just and, and it's, it's for the exact same reason that Kodak didn't see the digital camera that they created to uh, destroy their business. Um, the, the exact same reason that Blockbuster didn't see Netflix coming. Because what you do, what you do is you um, you try to protect your monopoly. And 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 this is this the money mo money monopoly has benefit. It's benefited largely a, bun a bunch of the world, but it's benefited to a greater extent the U.S. And that money monetary monopoly is breaking down, and it will break down. It there is no there there is because now you have something that is outside of that monetary monopoly that is decentralized and gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And who would who would go first? Obviously, the people most hurt by that monetary monopoly would likely go first. Yeah, and that, that makes me think about um, what my, Max Kaiser always talks about with El Salvador, which is kind of like a testing ground for this. And I always wondered, like, you know, El Salvador has kind of arbitraged Bitcoin in a way where I think other Central American countries can kind of see what they're doing. You know, crime is down, you know, their job market is bolstering. So it's like, I've always wondered, like, why haven't some of these other countries really started to, you know, create like a, you know, a Central American union where they all adopt Bitcoin and kind of like box out some of these other places. And when you talk about deflationary aspects of Bitcoin, it's always like one of those things where it's weird. It's like, are people just waiting to see what's going to happen or are they aware of it and they just choose to ignore it? And I think you kind of answered that, but it's just weird. Like Bitcoin is a, a very unique um, asset and just me being an observer and a student of it, I've always wondered like why only El Salvador or, you know, car or certain places where it's just like, it seems to be bouncing around the globe, but we can't just get an, a true understanding of like a place that just grabs it with four or five countries at one time. Because, because to, um, to be able to do that as a nation, right. To be able to same same thing that we're uh, talking now, again, some, a nation like El Salvador with that had the extraordinary crime and poverty and, and, and the works you have a you have a a, a leader a, a leader with a 90 percent uh, profile or uh, he can drive home that change and force that to happen because it, because the because the nation is so suffering they they uh, they bring in a populist leader and that populist leader grabs onto something that he can make him really himself drive through changes some of those changes you might argue like he get and he gets attacked and everything else and 
And obviously he gets attacked because the existing incumbent system would do anything to stop a leader like that. Right. So, um, so, but, and I'm not going to, is he great? Is he not great? Because some of the things, maybe he goes too far on on some of the things. He's going to get elected a second term, even though the constitution there says he's only supposed to have one term. But then in, inside that decision, you'd say, could he actually have success if he wasn't a second term? Or would it just all revert? So these types of questions are, are, are very thorny on both sides, and people take a whole bunch of, uh, of, of sides on that. I just tend to think on a change this big, on a monetary regime change, that we're inside a system that we wouldn't see changing, it's kind of everybody in their own time. But the thing is, you don't have to wait for your country to do it. Every single person on the planet has the same access to this monetary standard that every other person on the planet ha has. And you have to wait for no one. You just go. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Jeff. And, you know, this Bitcoin conversation has been awesome. I learned so much. Before you go, Jeff, can you give people your social media handles and any future endeavors that you want the audience to know about? Um, my website is just jeffbooth.ca. Um, and from there, I'm spending a lot more time on Noster these days because, um, and, and so, uh, so if you're on Noster, shoot me on Noster, your, your public uh, key. And, uh, and that goes for you as well. Um, and, uh, and I'll follow you there. Cause I, I just, again, I, I, I want to spend time in the world I want to, uh, create and I'm spending time in the systems and the, and the decentralized tied to Bitcoin, honest money world that I want to create. So I'm going, I'm going to spend more time there. Yes, yes. And I want to spend more time in the world that I want to create as well, which is all based around Bitcoin. Uh, Jeff Booth, thank you, man. This has been an awesome interview once again. Uh, thank you for being on the Bitcoin source. Have a good one.